The ACC was in rare form this weekend, or maybe it was on par for what we typically see out of some of our favorite teams. We'll talk about the highs and lows in between all of Week 9 recap on today's show. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, joined by Kenton Gibbs of Locked On Wolfpack. Each and every day, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure you download, subscribe to the pod from anywhere you listen. Hit up us up on our YouTube page. We're always looking to talk through some of our comments, especially when they're positive, good vibes only at best. On today's show, we're going to talk about week nine. We're going to talk through all of the big games that happened this past week. But our friends at Prize Picks want you to know that today's episode is brought to you by them. PrizePicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. Good weekend of football, but let's talk through it with Kenton Gibbs of Locked on Wolfpack. Absolutely. I knew Candace was going to be perturbed by my sign a little bit there. For those of you who are listening and not watching, the sign said NC State is the only winner of all the North Carolina-based ACC schools this weekend. And, you know, what a time. How about that Wolfpack, right? I was told that they were the worst team in the – one of the worst teams in ACC by a mile. And lo and behold, they're one game away from tying what was the top ten team in the nation. So, you know, I'm ready to talk about this weekend because it was an exciting weekend for me. How about yourself, Candace? It was good. Crazy part about it is, you know, we do shows, we have prep, we get ready for things and, you know, we have intros. And then when you kind of throw wrenches where people are trying to just get reads off and do it correctly, it kind of distracts it. But, you know, do your thing. Let's talk about Thursday night's matchup. Virginia Tech and Syracuse had a good one to start out the week. And boy, did Virginia Tech remind everybody while playing in Lane Stadium is just not that simple. Yes, Syracuse have an extremely down year, but man, was Virginia Tech's defense punching hard and punching often. And the fact that they even got 10 points, honestly, was surprising because I was very certain that they were going to get blanked. But kudos to Virginia Tech turning this tide around, acting like they want to be somebody. Now that you have QB, one, you have Tootin at the helm in the backfield, you're good to go. This game was so nasty so quickly. It was 30-3 to at halftime, and I thought to myself, I want a victory lap to fans right now because I don't know what they were thinking picking Syracuse, but also what if Virginia Tech lets me down? And then by the by the fourth quarter, I'm like, yeah, no, there's there's no no chance. You know, I, I'd have a better chance of taking on hell with a squirt gun and three icicles. And uh yeah, that I mean, oof. I'm surprised that Dino got off the plane as Syracuse's head coach. And I, I mean that very seriously. Yeah, I think they're going to let him finish out the season for sure. But it was definitely head scratching from start to finish for Syracuse. It's just like I'm trying to find the good and it really is nearly impossible. Offensively, they couldn't get going. Defensively, they did the best they could. But it was just all Virginia Tech all night. And shout out to that defense, Kelly Lawson. You also had Keontae Jenkins, you know, just really all over the field. Powell Ryland, just they wouldn't let up. And I feel like that was a night where you're honoring Mike Vick, 
where you're honoring, you know, old famous, you know, Virginia Tech Hokies. It was just spot on. This is what Virginia Tech football means. And I'm sure in the locker room there was talk like, let's build the momentum on this and all that good jazz. Absolutely. And that defense as a whole, you got to give them credit. I mean, eight sacks. What? Yeah. Eight? That is insane. That means that you had a quarterback under duress all night long. And boy, did they have Schrader on the ropes there. I'm surprised that he finished this game out. Um, you know, it, it's more power to him, but but get that man some help, please. Help him out. Do something. Yeah. And so we picked Virginia Tech to win. I wouldn't bet against Lane Stadium and Virginia Tech Hokies on a night game ever, dang near, unless it's, you know, some top Alabama or something like that. But the fans, for whatever reason, felt confident in Syracuse. And that one, that probably is the most head-scratching pick for the fans all season. Oh, absolutely. I, I'm i confused because I could understand if Syracuse is like coming in and it was like a, a situation where they were up and down on the season and you didn't know which them you're going to get. They've been getting steadily worse each week. Like they've looked worse and worse and worse each week. I know every coach on that coaching staff right now is updating their LinkedIn. They're reaching out to their contacts saying, hey, brother, y'all got a spot over there? You know, you know I can call some defense now. You know, I'm just saying, I heard y'all giving up 35 a game. I can help you out with that. You know, so yeah. uh, ultimately, it's it's very, very unfortunate. But Virginia Tech took advantage. Shout yeah. out to them. The Commonwealth is up, y'all. The Commonwealth is up. Indeed. Where do we go from here? Virginia Tech has a lot to look forward to from their season. And Syracuse is just trying to make it through this season while figuring out, you know, making those transfer portal calls, whether it's getting, you know, new jobs for the coaching staff. It definitely feels like the writing is on the wall for Dino. And it's such a hard way to go out because I'm sure he's very passionate. He cares so much about the team and all the things. But I think it's after eight years, it might be time for some change. You know, all the injuries that they have is super unfortunate because it's making Dino look like he's doing the worst job in the year. Is, but objectively, it's on the coach to be prepared for those injuries. So, yep. you know, it's, it's it's unfortunate. Let's start with our Saturday match as Florida State kicked things off against Wake Forest in Winston-Salem. And it was all Wake Forest until it wasn't. No, I'm just kidding. It was Florida State doing what they do best. And that's just having all of an artillery of offensive weapons and just swarming. Wake Forest's offense, poor Mitch Griffiths. That's a horrible welcome back game is to just be swallowed up by that. Uh, Seminoles front, it it was all all nulls. And I'm happy for them, honestly, because, again, we, they, we cannot have them lose. We cannot afford I'm rooting for them to the finish. Go undefeated, might as well. Can't afford them to be in bad light at this point as a conference. You know, this was a an excellent Excellent game by Jordan Travis. I have got to give that man his love. He showed up. He showed out. He did everything that you would expect of a quarterback. And there were some freakish catches by Keon Coleman because, of course, that's what he does. That's who he is. He's he's that type of guy. Of course, you had Trey Benson taking some easy ones to the house where it's like, yeah, that wasn't very hard. That, that wasn't, you know, if there was an easy button on the field, he'd go ahead and slap that thing as if he was at Staples. But the reality of this game is the defense has to be the story. Again, another situation where they were all over the quarterback all night long. Mitch Griffiths, you know, you're talking about a, a terrible game to be welcome back. Ugh, that was a tough one. 
That was a, a really tough one. Their offensive line was undermanned by a mile, and you could tell because Florida State didn't even need to blitz much to get home. But every time they did bring a dog, oh, it was it was hitting. And so, you know, it's – I mean, hey, what do you expect? A superior team was superior. And I'll tell you this much. Florida State is starting to move into that boogeyman territory. They're starting to move into that, oh, boy, we see Florida State. Go ahead and pencil that L in territory on this season. Yeah, you know, positive spot for Wake Forest. I will say Justice Ellison had a great game. I think, you know, you saw some breakaway runs and some really explosive kind of chunk plays, but unfortunately, like, not getting, capitalizing on those moments. And what Wake Forest is also really good at is turnovers and capitalizing on them, and you're not, you didn't really see that much for Florida State. So I think it was just one of those where you tip your cap to just the better team in that moment. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Let's talk about Boston College and UConn rolling down our deck here. Boston College squeaking out a win against UConn, which we, <sighs> sorry, I just, I didn't think that that would be such a squeaker, but thankfully we all picked Boston College as well as we did FSU to get the, the victory in the end. You know, I'll tell you this much. Boston College is impressing me because they keep finding new ways. They keep finding different ways. They keep having different guys show up, different guys making an impact. If you look at Kai Robichaud over these last two games, right, he's averaging, averaging now, uh, I want to say about 130 yards per game or 135 or so yards per game. He's averaging now between both of these games, both of these games, six and a half yards per carry, two touchdowns, Per game in both. Of course, you talk about the electric 57-yarder against Georgia Tech last week. But this week, there was no super run. He just kept getting you five, six, seven, five, six, seven. Every time he touched the ball. And I'll tell you what, you combine him with Castellanos. And you've got something similar to what they've got going up at Virginia Tech. And now, like I said with Virginia Tech, the exact same thing in terms of the defense is defense. And they're doing what they're supposed to do. They're getting stops. You could have something special on your hands because, again, shout out to Boston College. They have turned this season, did a complete 180 pretty much because they're showing up for every single game. You know, what's crazy is Boston College is almost bowl eligible, right? Never thought we would say that about this team this season. We talk about dark horses. We talk about teams we didn't see coming. And I definitely could say on paper without question – this is the team we got wrong the most. We we were rolling through that preseason list. We went through the schedule and we gave them L after L after L and they found a way. So I'm just, I'm happy because you rag on me about believing in Halfley and all the things and the way you were about Key. He figured it out this week, but Halfley has been figuring it out and so has his team. So I, I commend them for not throwing in the towel. You're a better one than me because I ain't sticking beside you. I ain't giving you this many as many years as you done given Halfley. I just ain't doing it. I ain't do you saw how quick I jumped ship on key, okay? Now am I back on the ship this week? Anytime you beat Carolina, you're gonna get me back on the ship, baby. You're gonna get me back on the ship at least for a week. At least for a week or two. Don't let me down. But no, very seriously, uh, this is a situation where, you know, we were wrong about Boston College. And hey, I am I'm never too big to admit that we we blew we blew a call or we blew what we thought a team was supposed to do. And this team is blowing out the water what we thought they were gonna do. Now get bowl eligible. Going to get bowl eligible. Let's see something special for the rest of this year. 
I would not be upset about being wrong when it comes to people being successful. So I yeah, definitely, absolutely. definitely agree there. Let's talk about our friends here at eBay Motors. All right. Every single time that you have passion, drive, and patience, what brings home the winning trophy is what keeps you your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for because eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into MVP and bring home that win. Keep your, keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay, guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Kenton Gibbs and I talking through week nine as we recap what was a very exciting week for the ACC. Some pretty no-brainers there. Some pretty head-scratching ones as well. But this one was sort of a toss-up. Kenton wasn't fully bought into his program getting the victory. And yet, somehow, some way they figured it out. So, it's NC State beating Clemson 24-17 to homecoming weekend and all the vibes, all the feels, you bring everybody back and you sit there and say to yourselves, is anytime you have Clemson and NC State, you know you're going to get a classic. And this time was no different, except NC State came out on, on top in a nice way. Hey, Steve Smith Sr., ice up, son. <laughs> ice up. No, but very seriously, this was a game in which – I mean, hey, I'm not going to lie to you and say I saw the Pack winning this game, but I also said that this could be – this was going to be a toss-up game. Uh, I talked about it on Locked on Wolfpack. I said that I thought this was going to be an ugly 14-13 uh, loss for the Pack. But, you know, the reality is um, K. Klubnik is worse than I thought, again. And this defense absolutely showed up. But let me tell you about a bad man that I know, okay? A bad man. Only 18 years old. Was slow dancing at prom. Slow dancing at prom. This wee little sawed-off receiver named Kevin Concepcion. When I tell you he's like 7-Eleven, he's always open. When I tell you he's got the moves like Jackie, he's got the hips, he'll shake you out your shoes. You going take... this hard after one game? No. Have you seen what Kevin Concepcion has been doing all year? The boy got butterfingers, but go ahead. We're not going to talk about the drops. He's all right. Freshman. All right. Perfect. All right. Okay. okay. And guess what? And back to what I was saying. Mm-hmm. On top of the moves like Jagger, he's got even leaving speed. You know what that means? If you got an angle, you need a better angle. Because if he's even with you, he's leaving you. He's going on to glory. And by glory, I mean to the end zone to celebrate. This young man has done it all for the pack. In this game, he was their leading receiver. He was their leading rusher. This is the second game of such in this year for NC State, a true freshman has shown up and been their leading rusher and receiver in multiple conference games. Mr. Concepcion, go ahead and take a bow because you're showing up. You're showing your whole behind in front of the nation, and we love it in Wolfpack Nation, brother. Keep well, it going. Well, it sounds like the constituents might need to find some money if they want to keep this one around because the way they're rolling, it's going to be a whole another nine-win season, and he's going to get frustrated, and he can go somewhere like a Keon Coleman to Florida State and get national championship conversations. First of all, first of all, Keon Coleman coach was too busy on the creep train, to, and that's why he had to go somewhere else, okay? Let, let's not bring Keon Coleman into this. And more importantly, KC has said multiple times, He's locked in. He's strapped in. Keon Coleman played. 
played at Michigan State for multiple years before he skedaddled on out of there. And also, the young man has affirmed that he is with the pack. So let, let's keep that there. Everybody's know? with the pack to the money hits. Okay. It's interesting. It's interesting how last week it was Kenton gave up on the season. And this week is, oh, man, your player is so good. They going to leave. It's real interesting how. You didn't even pick the, your team. So hush. Anyway. I'm just saying. It's interesting how the narrative anyway. changed. That's all I'm saying. Where do we go from here, Clemson? Fans, if you're listening and listening closely, I hope you know power rankings is not going to be too kind to y'all because losing three conference games this season. Four. They lost four so far. Four, excuse me. Back to back since 2011. That's crazy stat. And what a lot of people are saying is, okay, dad wouldn't get with the times. He's too busy trying to be like Clemson way or no way and not really trying to grow with the game in terms of NIL portal, all that kind of stuff. He's supposed to just be down in on what we've got going on. And that's cute when you have a Trevor Lawrence. It's great when you have a Deshaun Watson. It's, it's fine enough, right? It doesn't work when you don't have a generational quarterback talent and you really don't have receipts. Sammy Watkins is not walking through that door. No. Right? DeAndre Hopkins ain't walking no. through that door. Mike Will, Will Shipley is doing all that he can. But, I mean, it's just not enough. And I think we're ha- – like, he's not Travis Etienne. You know, we're just having a time here where we're seeing the demise, but it's only one year. So, are we going to write off Clemson? Absolutely not, because they've given us some really great conference moments and national conversations. But I think, overall, it's time to say we might have to look within. We might have to just have that talk with ourselves. He might need to call up Nick Saban and figure out how do I do this? How do I prolong my success? And Nick's probably going to tell him, you might want to go ahead and get in on the game, big dog. Yeah. yeah, I mean, absolutely. Nick Saban ain't afraid to hop in the portal. I, I'd, I'd be surprised if he if Saban didn't hop in the portal for another quarterback next year. Now, the problem is, I don't think that I don't think that this is a overnight fix for Clemson because we're seeing cracks in all types of things. We're mm-hmm. seeing stuff that out of Clemson that's like, we have never seen this before. Not even talking about just the losing. I'm talking about the off the field stuff where it's like, oh, there's a lot of dissension and there's a lot, you know, Clemson for a long time was, was we're one big happy family. Machine, yeah, yeah. Nobody is sad at Clemson. We are all happy here. Okay, it's giving cold. It's it's giving cold with the eyes. (laughs) I mean, but but that's what it was. That's what it was. And now all of a sudden you got all these people saying, oh, he hates it here and he's transferring. He doesn't like it and da-da-da-da. You know, it's it's really unfortunate. Um, But the reality is, you know, every empire has to fall at some point. Well, I also think it's like nobody's bigger than the game. Right. Yeah. Like even yeah. Nick Saban has moment. He's not a top four team. He's not in college football playoff considerations right now. Dabo's is not bigger than football. He's not bigger Absolutely. than college football. He's not bigger than the transition that is existing right now. If he doesn't tell Cade to go on about his way, somebody will. I think it's going to be a matter of if you don't figure out how to get your butt in that portal and start putting money where your mouth is, you're going to find yourself competing for AC championships instead of national championships, which is what you're used to. Oh, competing for ACC championships. Them boys competing for a bowl game right now. You they're know, only, I'm trying to be nice. There are only three teams in the conference at the moment that have four conference losses. Syracuse, Wake Forest, Clemson. That's it. That's all, it. Are those all Atlantic teams? Oh, yeah, they are. That's crazy are. because everyone told me the Atlantic was just so hard. Here we go. So hard. Everyone told me about how it was so competitive over there on the A side. But when you get over in this coastal and you got people spoiling everything, we'll talk about that in a minute. Now everybody want to act like, oh, well, why are you so upset? Go on. 
Give me my. Uh, I just all right, all right. You were the main one on the Atlantic train. I literally said before the season started, do not use this one year as oh, the Atlantic is not tougher because things got easier this year. Oh no, Bucko. Oh no, man. Like oh, we've already oh, talked no, sir. about. Look oh, at no, all sir. the play- No, 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 no. Oh, if, we no look, sir. if we look at all the legends, all the current Pro Bowlers, all the current all all pro guys in the NFL from the ACC, what what comp, what part of the division or what division this are they from? This is what we're not What division doing. is Lamar from? What division is Deshaun from? This what division is, is Trevor from? Doing. Like, what are we doing here? You're talking about anomalies, first of all. Let's talk about guys in the trenches. I mean, we can talk about Virginia Tech. We can talk about Georgia Tech. We can talk about my – are you serious? If we're, ta- if we're talking You're, the trenches – Where's Big Ick from? The okay. highest drafted All offensive right. player in his draft. Where's he from? All right. We- One. I'm talking about I'm talking about the whole collective. Either way it goes, you were very high on the Atlantic. And yeah. now you find you find some teams at the bottom of the pack. That's all, all I'm telling you. Run back the tape. Okay. Run back the tape where I specifically right. said if this year the Honey, Atlantic. You know I hate a receipt. You know I hate a receipt, but I ain't but got I a bad one. brain. But I, but I don't one. have a bad but brain. I love one. I love okay. one. Let's roll it okay. back. Roll the okay. tape. Roll the tape. Okay, we'll get you on rev.com and get your work. Yeah, yeah, okay, let's, let's, let's do it. it. Let's keep this one really short and sweet here because I'm not trying to waste too much time giving any kudos to our friends there at uh, Notre Dame, but, you know, we'll have to do it. But first, Prize Picks is today's episode sponsor, and Prize Pick is the largest independently owned daily sports fantasy, daily fantasy sports, there it is, platform in North America. We are the... They are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and enormous selection of players and stat types are what make game make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash college using code LockedOnCollege for a first deposit match up to $100. There it is. Let's get it cracking. We don't need to spend here long. Notre Dame, 58-7. Pitt, it's ugly. It's, it's ugly. When you got to choose between a Canadian and <laughs> Phil Dracovic as your quarterback, you're in a bad situation. <laughs> And uh, that's that's where those boys up in Pittsburgh are. What's your famous? If you have two quarterbacks, you got none. Yeah, if you got two quarterbacks, you got none. Well, but if I mean, you got two bad quarterbacks and you just you I was just about to say, so well, you know, if you got two quarterbacks that can't do squat, they can't bust a grape. You know, don't know when to slide, don't know what read to make. You got two. You know, you got nothing. You got nothing. Long story short, and I'll tell you this much: I'm pretty sure this is uh, Notre Dame's biggest win of the season against an FBS opponent like their only win that was even close to this was against Tennessee State which was a 53 point win this is embarrassing yeah this is embarrassing man and for that defense to be what it is like I was shocked that how they ran up the score but at the same time you know it's really it's just been that kind of season for Pitt yeah just just nasty work for Pitt uh Narduzzi and the boys are limping to the finish line and I mean barely crawling just one leg hanging off saying, medic, please send an emergency medic because they're getting they – who's, who's having a worse season, Pitt or Syracuse? Uh, For, from two coaches that have been in the trenches long enough now. I'll I'll say the actual worst season is, um, is Syracuse, but the worst against expectations is Pitt. 
So, like, if we're just looking objectively, like, which of these seasons would you rather have? Pitt has a massive upset in there. But if you look at, like, what they're expected to be, you know, people are like, oh, this is the fourth, fifth best team easily. At worst, sixth best team. And lo and behold. That was you, good buddy. Lo, what everybody said that it wasn't no, no. who had them below Lord, the six best team. We, 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 we go really, we're gonna have to really start doing this tape recap because you were you were so high on pit. I said I said that I said it wasn't just me. I'm not saying that this is one of those moments like when the kid get caught talking in class <laughs> and they're like, Oh, we're gonna call your mom, and it's like, My, it wasn't just me. Everybody was talking. It was not just me who believed it. That pit. don't make it better. Everybody thought that Pitt, it will for my children. I'll tell you that much. If I am looking at this situation saying I was not the only one to think Pitt is going to be decent this year. So you was by yourself and that we all family. knew Syracuse was going to be two tons of buns. Nobody thought like oh, I didn't. I didn't think oh, they're gonna be two tons of buns. I just yeah. thought, you know, six wins. But let me see. I just want to know what the back half of the season is going to look like. And they just said, let me go ahead and make sure you just don't have no expectations. I just, I just said that. I just said they buns. You ain't going to see nothing but more peach wobbler back there. Okay. This is not, this team is not good. Just more buns. Sometimes you forget that Terrible. you have a show with the girl. Oh, Louisville and Duke. <laughs> this is the first time I think we've seen Louisville. Well, sorry. This is the first time I think we've seen Duke be kind of like Duke football that we know. Mm-hmm. in terms of just not being able to get it done offensively, just struggling for a, really what is a strong defensive unit, just not getting it done. Some injuries, yeah. of course, some step setbacks there. But, man, high praise, kudos to Louisville for getting the job done at home, coming off the bye, and having the coach, Braun, be like, listen, we've seen ourselves crumble in the back half. We just got to finish it off right, and that's exactly what they did. They didn't give Duke an opportunity. And I think that's just great for that Louisville defense. You know, I, I saw this coming. This is not a surprise to me at all. Um, I said that either they weren't going to have Riley Leonard available or you're going to have a very, very reduced version of Riley Leonard. And the only thing that is surprising is that Joe R. Jordan had a career day here. Like wow. that was the you part. You knew that. It. This is the thing. I'm a big Joe R. Jordan guy. Everybody who knows me, hears me talk about Louisville. I say he's the guy that stirs the drink offensively. But you're looking at a Duke defense that they are extremely stout in terms of stopping the run. That That's what they do. That's where they hang their hat. That's their calling card. But not only that, I think even more surprising was that Duke could get nothing going in the run game. Nothing. Their leading rusher, Jordan Waters, five carries, 21 yards. That was the leading rusher of, of all their players. Some beautiful open field tackles swallowed up in the backfield. Like They didn't get much, if any. Louisville dominated up front on both sides of the ball. And that's the part that surprised me. Because again, when I talk about Duke, what do I always say? Physical, physical, physical. And they got out physical. And and it's as the old saying goes, what happens when the intimidator cannot intimidate? He becomes intimidated. And that's what happened. Duke got intimidated. Yeah, well, there it is. Let's talk about one that was fairly close, head-scratchingly close, but, you know, we can give credit to where credit is due. They're feeling themselves right now. Virginia came up just short against Miami, but still, nonetheless, they're putting up some offensive numbers where you have to start turning your head and for defensively say, you know, hats off to them. Malik Washington, Malachi Fields, you know, Tony Musket still making some head-scratching decisions, but, you know, we'll, we'll give it to them. I think offensively they're, they're turning the page, but I think defensively is where, you know, for Miami, hats off, praise the Lord, Saints. Great that you have a great run game because Tyler Randag ain't getting it done. Yeah, 
Um, Miami got to lock in. Miami got to lock in for real. They playing with their food for real. The the back end of this schedule is brutal. It is brutal. You do not get any breaks. If you think, oh, we're good enough to take a break against NC State, I don't think y'all are, with all due respect. Then you got Florida State after that. Then you got Louisville after that. Then you finish off with a Boston College team where that's another team where, with all due respect, this team has gotten better and better and better as the season goes on, right? Here's who Boston College has coming up. Virginia Tech off a bye week, Pitt, and then Miami. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, do not play around. Do not mess around. Miami, I know that, you know, we love giving Tony, Tony, Tony their credit on this show. We love talking about how Virginia is turning it around and they looking like a serious football program because at the beginning of this season, let's be honest, some very unserious behaviors coming out of Charlottesville. Absolutely. Now they're headed in the right direction. They've got some things figured out. They, they're making these things a ballgame. Miami, stop playing. Stop playing because every game, Miami is in a very similar situation to what I say about NC State. Every game going forward is winnable. Every game going forward is losable. It's up to you. What do you want? A thousand percent. Oh, I guess we got to get to it. UNC and Georgia Tech. Not going to spend too much time here because, frankly, I'm done. He ain't got to say much. And the reason I'm done and not even try to be a homer for real, because it's just like, not only are you a very unserious football team, but like how do, how do year over year, you guys have the same defensive struggles Mm -hmm. and nobody at the top of the food chain gets relieved of their duties. And I ain't trying to be funny. I just think that it's, we're, we're at a point now where you got to look at yourself in the mirror and have some pride about you. And as a defensive guy, I'm sure you've had those hard games, those one where you want back. But to consistently get ran over, to consistently have two generational quarterbacks that you pretty much wasted their time in Chapel Hill, it's frustrating. And I'm I'm cool if Matt goes ahead and retires. I think it's about that time. You know? When I told everybody, hey, this defense, I'm not sure about them. I'm not sure what they're going to look like. They're replacing a lot. I was told, oh, you're a hater. You're a homer. You're all the things. They're one and two in their last three games. The point totals allowed 31, 31, 46. Babes, allowing 100 points over the course of three games is not good. And not even that. You're not in week one. You're not in yeah. week three. You're yeah. week. You're week nine. We're talking about week nine. Yeah. And were you too high on yourself and thought like, oh well, we've been able to cover a multitude of sins because we have Drake May to bail us out. And now, mind you, Drake shouldn't have to put the whole team on his back. Tez Walker just finally showing up. He got himself powed during that game. So who knows if he's even going to play in week ten? But it's just very frustrating because, hey guys, guess what? The season does not get any easier. You still got to play Clemson you still got to play NC State you know what I'm talking about like you still got some really good games ahead of you that if you don't figure it out and start having some serious man in the mirror conversations forget college football playoff forget New Year's Six Bowl you're not even in the top 25 can you get a bowl like I'm glad you're gonna make a bowl but is it gonna be at the Bahama Cheeses Bowl like what we doing I think I think the worst part of this loss is what was the joke that I made about Georgia Tech last week Miss Cooper I don't know of all the things. I said that they are like a woman who has a boyfriend who's bad in bed. They cannot finish to save their lives. Yeah. And what did Georgia Tech do in the fourth quarter of this game? Now I will say that Joker did run out of bounds and came back in and made that catch. So AC, but you don't leave it to the ACC. ACC officials. So I'm not even going to blame the refs. 
We said the same thing to Miami. We said yeah. the same thing to, to multiple teams this season. If 100%. you leave it to – we said the same thing to Pitt last week in, in Villiers. If you leave it to these ACC officials, they going to screw that pooch every, every single time, baby. Time. Every single time you give them the chance, they will blow it. Kids, we have not seen a game yet where if it was up to the refs, they made the right decision. Oh, absolutely. And I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you this much. I'll tell you this much. There needs to be clarity and accountability on these refs part, like I have argued for all year. But guess yeah. what? As it stands right now, there is none. There's still an L at the end of the day. Like the clock hits zero and there's an L and they yes. rush to feel like you. Are you not embarrassed that they ran the field after your number 17 team upset? Are you, do you not? Here's my biggest thing. Okay. Y'all don't understand how to be the target. Y'all don't understand what it's like for people to want to beat you off the strength. Like nobody wants to beat a, you know, just a regular podunk bad North Carolina team. I would love to be at a top 10 North Carolina team. I want to beat a number 17 North Carolina team. And the fact that y'all don't feel like you walk with your shoulders back, but not ready to go to war. And that's my problem with y'all. Yeah. I'm sick yeah of I, just, I just don't understand how you get outscored in the fourth quarter by a team that has consistently, consistently so much so that it's part of their identity at this point letting down in the fourth quarter, and yet somehow they found a way to steamroll your behind. I shed a tear for them. I'm looking for the Defenders, you know, the um, Sexy Red song. The Sexy Red song. I'm yeah. looking for them. I'm mm -hmm. looking for them. I'm one person, one person who can get in that locker room digging somebody but and tell you I'm looking for y'all. I'm looking for y'all to step up. I'm. This does not need to be an App State game repeat every single time. Are you not? Do you not feel shame? We need to bring back shame. Bring back, back shame. Bring, bring back, back shame. shame. Y'all don't, don't put no don't put no Letterman jacket on. Don't put no USC football. Bring back shame. In the words of future, turn on the lights. I'm looking for them too. Okay, because we want to see some defenders in that baby blue, but they just but it's not bad. Up. But it's also up. bad for business. Like, do you not understand that y'all doing crappy? Falling out of the top twenty five is bad for the conference. It's bad for the con who they you're losing. Who you're losing to is bad for the you lose to Florida State, and we we can see, live to see the day. You lose to Clemson, and this Clemson team, yeah, it's probably bad. But like you used to a my lose to a Miami team, fine. You losing to Virginia and Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech who lost to Bowling Green. Be quiet. Don't don't say nothing to me. Get out. <laughs> Get out. That's why. That's why I can't say too much. See, I done heard a whole ray. I'm pissed. That that I'm done. I'm done. Don't ask me no more about North Carolina. I'm done with y'all. I fight for Halfley, but I'm done with that. I'm done. I'm done. Well, um, I too <laughs> am done with North Carolina. Uh, so I guess we can move on to the next game. And this is your fault. For now, you started to believe in them and pick oh. them every week. And now they want to freaking show up as jokers. You done pick them. You pick everybody else. So I need to keep picking North Carolina is what I'm hearing. Gotcha. <laughs> what is the ultimate tally so we can get out of here? All righty. Well, let's pull this thing on up. And by the way, you know, it it hurts my heart to see uh, Candace have, you know, a week that ties me. But at the end of the day, now that I'm back on top, I'm excited here. So Candace and myself went six and two this week. The fans went four and four. Tough outing. It's all right. You'll get a next week, champ. Um, <laughs> you know, this was a much needed bounce back for a guy like me. But the overall record stand as such. Candace is lagging behind, but a strong week is pulling her closer. She's pulling up on the pack now. 55 and 24. I am currently leading the group at 58 and 21, but nipping right on my heels. Get it? You see what I said there? My heels. Anyway, nipping on my heels is the fans at 57 and 22. They're right there um, after this week. And I'll, I'll tell you what. 
this this race really and truly is heating up here. Uh, so it's it's going to be interesting to see how this goes down the stretch because as much as we joke about Kansas, this really is anybody's race. This really and truly is, you know, anybody who wants it, it's it's right there for you. So uh, fans, the the week ten is already up. It's already up and out. So if you want to vote, if you if you think that hey the fans are selling me, they're picking Syracuse. I don't want to do it. Get your friends to log on in and pick the team that you think is going to win, all right? Because we'll be here, and I'm telling you, we're going to tally it by whoever gets the most votes before that first game goes off. So just letting y'all know that now. And we have a good group of voters, so it's not like it's like three to five. I know some of y'all like to crack jokes about our views, but we got a good stock of people voting. So, you know, just saying, make sure you get your cast your vote in because it's going to be important because bragging rights is a real thing on the show. I don't know if you guys have noticed or seen the person that co-hosts with me, but winning is very important. So there's that. Power rankings tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Boy, North Carolina, I just got some for you. I can't Mm. wait. I, mm. I hate it had to be you. I told you I'm done. I'm not going to put you at the dead last, but you're mighty close. Oh, wow. I, yeah, uh, I'll leave a little meat on the bone. I know you're so torn up about that. Broken up. Broken up, if you will. Heartbroken, if you will. Devastated. Devastated. For Candace Cooper and Kenton Gibbs. Until next time.